888-835-2414. This is Learning with Leslie. Welcome to another episode of Learning with Leslie, the podcast where you learn, I learn, we all learn about how to build an online business with a blog. No, I'm not talking about one of those blogs that will fall by the wayside when Google has a mood swing. I'm talking about one that will thrive no matter what gets thrown at it. I'm your host, Leslie Samuel from becomeablogger.com, where we're changing the world one blog at a time. And as usual, I have another exciting interview for you today. I'm on the line with none other than Jillian Tober Leslie, who founded Catch My Party with her husband, and it has now become the largest, one of the largest party ideas site on the web, filled with user-generated content. This site gets over 4 million page views every month. Yes, I said million. And they did this through smart SEO, embracing the long tail and social media, especially Pinterest. Now, in 2015, Jillian and her husband built a custom pop-up app for themselves to grow their Catch My Party social media followers. Now it worked so well that they lost, launched their second company in 2016 called Milo Tree. When I heard this, I knew I had to get her onto the podcast to talk about how she was able to build her audience and what we can learn about building a massive audience for our blog. So how to grow a blog to millions of paid views, that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Jillian, welcome to the podcast. I'm glad to have you here. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. And, and, and I'm, I'm excited about the topic because I, I chose to give a title that I normally don't give my podcast episodes because I'm including numbers. I'm saying how to grow a blog to millions of page views. That, that might sound like an intimidating topic, but uh, we're going to attack it, aren't we? Uh, yes, we are. Awesome. Definitely. Okay, so you started this site, Catch My Party. I, and before we even get into the site, I want to know, I want to set the stage. Where okay. were we before getting started with this um, this website online? I was a writer in Hollywood, writing oh. movies. And my husband worked at MySpace. He was head of product at MySpace. Remember back in the day? Yes, of course. And what was what was really interesting was we started this as a side hustle before the term side hustle was coined. <laughs> and we said we had met working together previously and we then went off and I was in Hollywood, he was at MySpace and we always said, "Wow, we really want to find a project to work on together." So what we did was we said, you know what we could do? And again, we are totally inspired by the fact that I was writing teen comedies and at MySpace, it was all teens. Ah. We said, let's create a social photo sharing site, like a site where people can share their photos. And it was for teen girls. So we said, yeah, we could get like teen girls to share photos of their sweet 16s and quinceaneras and bar and bat mitzvahs and proms and things like that. So what we did was we hired a team of developers in Indonesia and it, and we just said, well, we're going to just kind of build it. And we started designing it and we put photos, you know, we, this is back in the day with magazines and we would cut out magazine things. It just did like mood boards. And we said, well, we're just going to build this. And so we built this hot pink site, <laughs> you know, pink and purple, like to attract teen girls. Yep. 
And then we had the chicken and egg problem, which is how do we get teen girls to add their photos to our site so that people will want to come to our site to see them? So here I am, I'm like a 30-something-year-old woman, and I'm stalking teen girls online, right? And I'm saying, hey, I saw some party photos, you know, would you put your photos up on our site? And I did not get a lot of traction. And so then what happened was it was really interesting. All of a sudden, we noticed that moms with Etsy shops started putting their photos or party photos on our site because it was a great way for them to show off their products, right? So if I make beautiful party hats or something and I'm going to use them at my son's first birthday, all of a sudden, you know, here's a great way for me to advertise what I'm doing. And we always said, add your links, you know, put, let people find you. So it was really funny because it like magically the, you know, these moms started adding their parties to our site and my husband and I are looking at each other going, wait, 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 this isn't what we planned. <laughs> and we're like, um, I'm, and I, and we kept, you know, we're still thinking teen girls and we're like, you know what? Like maybe teen girls aren't going to think it's cool to put their party photos up on a site with like Spider-Man parties and My Little Pony parties. And then we took a breath and we said, you know what? Maybe this is our site. Hmm. And so then all of it, we re- recognized, oh, wait, we could start with these tastemakers, these, you know, people who, who throw beautiful parties to sell their products. And that's really inspiring. And then we started building from there. So we became a site, even though, you know, then we became parents and stuff, but we did not start out that way. And so it's really funny because what we learned, our first lesson was you co-create with your audience. Mm. So so I'm, I'm curious about one aspect. I'm curious about a lot of aspects of what you said, but there's one in particular. You said these moms started um, uploading these party photos. Um where did these moms find the site? Like, how did you get those moms initially? Obviously, you weren't intending to get them, but do you have right. an idea of how they got there? I think it was, I'd have to go back and, and look in our Google Analytics. Like, yeah. it was so funny. My husband would be at the computer, you know, and he'd be like, oh my God, there's somebody on our site. Like, there were literally <laughs> no people on our site. He'd be like, two people are on our site. And we'd have, we, so in the way beginning, we had no idea. Uh-huh. Probably through, we always thought about SEO from the very beginning. Mm. So things like party ideas, um, there were at that time, there were these burgeoning tiny social networks showing up before Facebook kind of took over. So it wasn't, we, I remember there was, you know, any topic like wine or sports, like there were these places where people could kind of talk to each Mm. other. And I think that part of it was I was posting on social media at the time, like right when Facebook started, I would, as soon as Facebook opened up to regular people and not just college students, uh-huh. I started posting. But to be honest with you, I do not know. Gotcha. Okay. So these moms started finding the site. You realize, hey, maybe this is the direction that we go. Um, so you pivoted and started catering to those moms. Exactly. Uh, and, and-, and we had, to, we, again, because we had said, like immediately we said, we need to make sure people can add links. Mm. Whereas initially when it was teen girls, like, you know, what were you going to link to? You didn't, maybe you had a blog, but we weren't thinking that. And then all of a sudden when we saw this happening, we're like, okay, we want these moms, you know? Okay. So you, you started, you started focusing on the moms and Mm -hmm. how did it evolve from there? I mean, actually, let me ask this question first. 
the original intention of, for the site, is that still what it is today? No. Okay. It's so, mom's. Okay. So, no, we abandoned. We. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I mean, when yeah. you, not the original intention. Oh. I'm sorry, but the intention once you decided we're gonna focus on moms uploading picture photos for their parties and and linking to their Etsy shops and so on. Is that re still the focus today? It it's now moms. It's not just people with Etsy shops. Gotcha. Um. So it broadened from there because once you become a mom. I think you you learn like moms are unsung heroes. Mm, that is so true. if in fact I throw a beautiful party, let's say a first birthday for my daughter. Yeah, the people who come to my party, and let's say I'm crafty, you know, let's mm -hmm. say I want to I, I, I spend a lot of time on Pinterest. I find these great ideas um, and I want a way to celebrate what I did. If you add your party photos to our site, chances are I'm going to show off that party mm. and I'm going to show it off. And, and just getting props feels good. Mm -hmm. So we really try to share again, you know, we will share the most, the, the, the top of the top parties that are, get added to our site, but every party added to our site shows up on our homepage at some point. Gotcha. So we really try to celebrate everybody, but I will then show off parties on our homepage, you know, in our slider at the top on our social media channels. So we try to really celebrate people and say, great job. Gotcha. Okay. So now somebody might be listening to this and, and maybe thinking, okay, so this sounds like a, an image upload site where you just uploads, you upload images and I, we're not sure what you do from there, but I'm, I'm on the site right now, catchmyparty.com. And on the homepage, I'm seeing a number of posts. So I'm seeing, for example, some trending party ideas, Halloween cookie <laughs> dough balls. And when I click into it, it is it's basically a blog post, right, with some content right. about that particular um, those um, uh, cookie dough and Halloween mummies equals yum. Um, so, okay. Yes. So, yes. So, can you explain kind of the concept in terms of what you mean by ima people posting images to the site? What what sure. is involved with that? Sure. So we have two parts to our site. So we're also bloggers. I'm a blogger, and I think of myself as a curator. Mm. So I'm an influencer, but really I'm a curator. So what we are doing is, so Halloween is coming up and so we're showing off some Halloween content. So we are constantly, I think we are posting right now three times a week on our blog. Mm. So those can be party crafts, recipes, round, we love roundups. So what we do then is we take the content that people are uploading and we put it together in in roundups to say, you want to know what's trending? Like today I'm going live with a post. There are these things, you know, they're called balloon garlands and they're beautiful. Mm. And what's funny is because we see so much, we can identify trends before other people can identify them. Interesting. So what we say is, hey, we're going to do a roundup of posts that show off balloon garlands and they're beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so that will be up and then we'll be linking to the parties that people upload on our site. Very interesting. Now, when you started, did you start it as well with a blog or is that something that came after? Always started with a blog. Okay, so that I'm a big proponent that when you are building a business, there has to be a blog. There has to be a way for you to put your point of view out there. Okay, so it's a way for you to put your point of view out there. But what uh, what made you think that a blog needs to be attached to this? I mean, this is what what year was this? 
2009. 2009. So this is still relatively early. Um, mm -hmm. What made you go in that direction? I'm curious. My husband. Oh, explain. So my husband is my partner. He's the technologist. He's mm -hmm. the one who was working at MySpace. And he said, you need a blog. Mm, okay. And I said, why? <laughs> and I said, what do I write about? And he said, you write about what we're doing. Mm. And like, I never looked back. You know, I remember writing a blog post and being like, woo, I did it. And he goes, okay, you need to write one tomorrow. <laughs> and I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? We, we have a blog. I just wrote it. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. And he's like, no, 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 that's not how it works. So a lot of it was also for SEO. Mm. A lot of it was also, so you come to our site and then you can kind of look around and go, oh, okay, there's somebody behind this, somebody curating. And so I'm not a party planner. I'm not, I'm crafty and I can cook and I, I can do all that stuff and I love it and I've gotten better with the inspiration from our site. But I think of myself as a curator mm. gotcha. and it's a, it's a different perspective. I feel like I'm flying above looking at everything and going like, what's trending? What's happening? What can I bring to the fore? How can I celebrate the people who are adding parties to our site? Gotcha. I love that. Okay, so I want to talk a little bit about the growth of the site because the numbers that we're talking about are pretty substantial. Anytime I hear millions, I think a lot. So how did how did the site how did you get the site to grow? So okay. Let's start about some of the things that you you did in the early days. So the first thing we did was we thought about SEO. And what is so interesting to our growth is that we are a site that, that gets traffic via the long tail. And what that means is that we're not going to necessarily rank for party ideas, mm. right? You type in party ideas, you know, probably Party City is going to show up and other big party, you know, party suppliers. However, if you type in rainbow unicorn sparkly party, guess what? Chances are, because we have... Like I, I'd have to go check like 50,000 parties <laughs> added to our site that it's like if you if not just a part but pirate party. But if you're doing like a Peter Pan pirate mermaid party and you type that into Google, probably we will show up. So when you look at where our traffic comes from, it really comes from these tiny little search results. Mm. Gotcha. And that is the long tail. Gotcha. OK, so. I, I would love for you to explain the concept then. I mean, you explain the concept, but the process that you go through to come up with this, this your content ideas. I mean, I know you're curating and so on, but what's the strategy or the tactics actually behind um, deciding on the kind of content you're going to create for the blog? Okay. Well, first I want you to know that every time somebody uploads a party, we manually add tags to that party. Oh, okay. So we will then allow Google to know what that party is, which is, again, why. So we've been in very, very intentional about keywords because, again, Google can't understand photos. Mm -hmm. So a lot of what our content is, is photos. So we have to then make, like we say, please write about your party. We give you all this space. We try to give you prompts to help you. Mm -hmm. But if somebody's not doing that, but adds these beautiful photos, 
Google doesn't know. Yeah. So therefore, we have to manually do that. It's not that hard. We have a system set up, but we're doing that. So we're telling Google, this is what this is. This is what this is. This is what this is. Then what we do is we um, we got we got in on social media relatively early. So what we could, what what I had talked about previously was in the beginning with Facebook, for example, I loved it because I could post something to Facebook. I could say like, I could post anything and people would respond and it was just, and I would always be posting trends like, hey, here's something I'm seeing. Take a look. What do you think? And then all of a sudden, Facebook started kind of tightening the spigot and we couldn't get a lot of exposure on Facebook. And what we look, because we're very into our analytics, what we looked at, what we saw was that a ton of our traffic was coming from Pinterest. Hmm. And what was really funny was, again, there are, you have to look for these serendipities that happen in your business. So I said to my husband, Please build me a way for me to like save stuff. So somebody is posting a party. I want to save that image so that I can blog about it later. Mm. And he didn't do it. So Pinterest came around and guess what? I could pin stuff for myself so that I could then have blog post ideas. Right? Yep. And then what happened, what we didn't realize was because I was pinning for myself, Pinterest was driving us traffic. And it was like, oh, wait a minute, this is weird. So we said, we need to double down on Pinterest. Mm -hmm. So we did a couple things, which is we we started creating content for Pinterest. So what we do, if you look, so um, we have now over 750,000 followers on Pinterest. Pinterest is a huge traffic driver for us. If you do anything visual, I highly recommend you like really pay attention to Pinterest Mm -hmm. and you play by their rules, you know, Um, that you like are active on the platform, for example, and there are a variety of of things to do. But anyway, we started creating collages of our best parties and posting them on Pinterest and linking to our site. And that was a huge, that is still a huge traffic driver. And then what we realized was we needed to grow our followers because Facebook was not driving the traffic that it had been. And we're like, oh no. So what we did was we built a pop-up tool for ourselves that we embedded on our site. And it was very simple and it popped up and had some of our pins on it and said, follow us on Pinterest. And it worked. And all of a sudden that's, you know, it's funny because in the beginning of Pinterest, like Pinterest would identify certain pinners and promote their, um, their sites or their, their, uh, their accounts. And those people ended up with millions of followers on Pinterest. It was like the Pinterest gods had shined down on them. (laughs) And, And we're not, we were not one of them. Like not at all, because people would be like, "Oh, were you one of those early accounts?" And I'm like, "No, we grew it organically, and and we grew it with our pop up." So I'm I'm, I'm I'm curious then, because you know, if I start a blog, I can add a Pinterest widget to my blog, and people will see they can follow me on Pinterest. Why did you guys decide to go the route of building a pop up? What was the significance of that? Because the widget wasn't converting in the same way. We wanted something where we needed to be actively growing because what we recognized was this was important. Gotcha. 
And that, and then, you know, and then once we were able to build it for Pinterest, we then recognized Instagram was important. Mm. So we decided to build the same pop-up for Instagram. And then guess what? That worked. Mm. And we started growing our Instagram followers. So we have about a hundred and maybe 25 or 30,000 Instagram followers. And a large part of that group growth too was our pop-up. And then we figured out, well, we, maybe we could alternate them so that it will pop and show, follow us on Pinterest. And then we could have it later. If you come back to my, to our site, it would pop and say, follow us on Instagram. So, um, and then, I, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. And go then ahead. we thought if this is working well for us, maybe this is, we could launch this for other bloggers. We could, you know, offer it to other bloggers to see if it works for them. And it did. So we started building that out as well. So I'm I'm curious about traffic levels. So when when did you when did you start working on this pop up? Was that in 2015? It was 2000. Yeah, 2014, 2015. 2014, yes. 2015. And where yes. where was it? Where were the traffic levels at that point? If you if mm -hmm. you remember, I want to say. Uh, so again. Um, we went through this big spike for where, where we were up to like 6 million page views. Oh, I don't wow. think we're, we're not there. Um, and it was, check this out though. We rode the uh, Frozen craze. Remember Frozen, the movie? Yes, yes. Okay. So we rode that craze and Minecraft. Those were like these two crazy uh, popular kind of memes. They were, and we, so what we did was we noticed that our frozen content and our Minecraft content was going gangbusters. So what we did was we made more of it. And that's like another thing. When you were asking me how we know what content to make, we look at what's working and we again, double down on that. Okay, so how are you analyzing what's working? Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that process? Yeah, so what I do is I'm always looking in our Google Analytics at what blog posts are bringing us the most traffic. And then I think to myself, how can I make content that is similar to this? Hmm. The other thing I do is I use Pinterest and I go into our analytics and I see what pins are most popular. So on Pinterest, the way you, you do it is you're pinning your own content, but you're also pinning other people's content mm -hmm. to your boards. Yeah. Then you can, so I can look at my top pins and some of them are not from me. They're things I've pinned. Yeah. And I say, ooh, that's really resonating with my audience on Pinterest. I can create content similar to this pin. There was a time when it was like pasta recipes were just going gangbusters on Pinterest for us, but they weren't my recipes. So guess what I did? You know, I, I have some uh, some people who, who help me on our site who create content for us. And I'm like, we need to be doing pasta recipes. Mm. And we need to be doing them quickly because it is looking like pasta is working. And the other thing we do is we think seasonally. So Halloween is a huge, huge uh, time for us at Catch My Party. So we're always creating Halloween content. So we're always thinking how can, and we try to launch it a month or two before the holiday. Gotcha. Okay, I, I, I want to I wanna talk more about this process because it's actually quite fascinating. And I think it's something that a lot of bloggers, myself included, 
don't pay as much attention to. So you have this process where you're going through Google Analytics, Pinterest Analytics, and you're determining what's popular. Is this something that you're doing like once a month, once a week? Mm -hmm. what, what, what frequency are you doing this? When oh, So I have a calendar that for upcoming blog posts, yeah. right? And what I do is I just start looking around. So first, I, I know on Google Analytics, our top posts tend to stay pretty similar. Yeah. So therefore, I'm looking elsewhere. So I'm seeing what's – I'm scrolling through my Instagram account. So for example, this is what I'm doing. Uh, I'm trying to ride waves. Yeah. Right now, unicorns are huge. Yeah. Halloween for us is huge. So what did we do? We created – unicorn Halloween party printables. Nice. So it's actually a kind of green witch unicorn, cute, super cute, uh, that is that we give away for free. And it just kind of takes the unicorn thing, takes the Halloween thing and does, a, you know, we put a different spin on it. I, I, I love that. I love that concept because what you're doing is you're creating exactly what your audience wants as opposed to just creating what you have in your mind. Yes. And that, again, I think because we had that early lesson where we bought, we built our site for an audience yeah. and they didn't show up and we're like, and we were kind of upset, you know, and then we had to go, oh no, this is what you do. You go toward what's working. That's, that's always my advice to any blogger. I say, go toward what's working. And are there any other tools, the answer may be no, but are there any other tools you use to analyze what's working and what's not working? Not really. I mean, okay. those are really, I, I, there's like, you, you learn over time what your, who your audience is. And I know my audience very well. And I know that there is this sweet spot. It's moms with little kids. Yeah. So, so your wife is my audience. Gotcha. So, so and, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, no, go so ahead. I am, I am recognized. And so here's the thing. I've all, I'm also a mom and I've also been a mom of a little kid. And so I inherently understand those struggles of, I want to throw a good party. I want to throw a nice party for my child. I'm really stressed for time. How do I do this easily? Like, like the word easy mm. is probably in so many of our blog posts because I reckon, like, I know the struggles, you know, and, um, and what, what's interesting too, with that another hard lesson that I learned, I don't know if it's hard, but it was interesting was my audience does not care about me. <laughs> My audience, like I can post photos of like my life on Instagram or whatever. No, they don't care because mm. you know why? They're busy moms. Yeah. They're not, they don't have the time. So I don't take it personally. And what I recognize is it's not about me and my life. And, you know, I'm a mom. Like I don't live this jet setting life, but also it's like, it's a different kind of audience. I love that. Okay. So the, the beauty of, what you said, I asked you about other tools and you said, no, not really. The beauty of right? that is these are free tools that you're yes, talking yes. about. So whether yes. whether I have a huge budget or not, I can pay attention to these kinds of things and make decisions accordingly. So my, my question then is, what happens if you create a piece of content and it doesn't get any traction? Do you then say, well, I guess I won't be covering that anymore? How yes. does that work? Yes, yes, yes. Oh man, you know, I love it. 
it it's meaning, you know, we hope and we push and we create a collage for Pinterest and I'll promote it on Instagram, maybe in an Instagram story. But at the end of the day, you're trying to find what resonates. You know, you're otherwise it's like you're beating your head against the wall. And so, no, we will pull up. Like that is one thing too in this long journey. If I can give a piece of advice, if something is not working, it probably won't work. Hmm. You know, yes, you can kind of tweak it. Yes, you can see. But and maybe you'll get a tiny bit of lift. Maybe it will that post will do a little bit better. But it's weirdly like the ones that just hit are the ones that hit. So I'm, and, I'm, I'm, yeah. I just I want to address something there really quick because let's say I mean I'm starting a blog today I don't have <laughs> millions of page views I don't have hundreds of page views in that beginning stage will there not be kind of a part where a, a time where it doesn't see, seem like things are working but you should still continue what, how how do you look at that aspect of it when someone's starting out they don't have an audience or they have a relatively small audience so they are not getting that instant feedback how do you balance that i think about who you are authentically what matters to you your why why are you doing this because if you don't have a strong why don't be a blogger it's Mm. it's too hard it really is it's not a it's not a, a get rich quick scheme it's not it's a, and this is always my, my, my husband had said this to me way at the beginning. It is a long slog. Mm. So you better be in there and you better have something to say because it's meaningful to you. So that's the first thing that I would say. And then the next thing is I would look around at people who are doing what you're want to be doing. Right. And I would say like, what, why am I liking this content? What about it? is resonating with me. And then how can I put my spin on something like that? So let's say I'm a gluten-free, I I eat gluten-free and I want to become a gluten-free blog, food blogger. I look at other gluten-free food bloggers and I go, well, what, you know, is it, it like, what am I drawn to? Am I drawn to their desserts? Am I drawn to their salad recipes? And I start there. And then what I start doing, but then I say, okay, well, what, let me try a variety of different recipes and let me see which ones I like. And then which ones, let's say I put it up on Instagram, which ones are getting the most likes. Mm. And I start that way. So I start from myself and what I need to say to the world, but I am multifaceted. So when, when I talk to bloggers, it's really interesting because their blogs evolve over time. Yeah. Definitely. Don't think your blog's going to stay the same. You start one place and then what happens is whether it be your life, whether it be your audience, who knows why, but you're evolving and so is your blog. So allow that evolution. And again, think about co-creating with your audience, even if your audience is small. But even if if one person reaches out to you on Instagram and says, wow, because you've used a hashtag, you know, (laughs) you've you've done gluten free cakes and somebody found your your Instagram post and said, oh, my God, that's beautiful. Pay attention to that. I I love that because it's something that you can do at any level, right? Any level. If I have 10 people that are following me. But when I posted this one thing, eight people responded. And when I posted this other, one person responded. That's data. That's actual That's data. data that I can use 
to inform my decisions in terms of what I do in the future. So I think don't be so caught up in the, I mean, we, we, we titled this episode, Grow to Millions of Page Views, but don't be so caught up in the millions. Be caught up in listening to your audience exactly. and, and co-creating. I love that word, co-creating. Totally. Yes. And that's how you create, like, for example, one thing that I, I will do is if somebody's emailing me or has a question, especially with Milo tree, Milo tree, I do this a lot. Somebody will, will email me. Maybe they'll, maybe it's like a love email. Like you, if you ever get love letters as emails, save them in a folder, <laughs> save yep, them definitely, because you will then come back to them and read them and go, Oh, um, but I will say to them, could we jump on a call? Hmm. Can I talk to you? You know, or if somebody, let's say, has like a feature request, I'll for Milo Tree more than catch my party. I'll say, can I can I talk to you? Can I can I ask why? What is this? Why would you want this feature? What you know, what other maybe there's another feature. Here's how we're thinking about it. I really try to be available to my communities, I, I to my audiences, and I'm always wanting to learn from them. Now, this is the thing too, okay? I, I'm a businessy person. I love numbers. You also have to be always kind of double checking stuff because there is something called the fallacy of of small numbers, which means that let's say 10 people love one blog post and one person you know, only loves the second blog post. It doesn't necessarily mean like those are small numbers. Yeah. So what you do is you say, well, if 10 people like this blog post. I'm going to make another one and see what happens. Like you don't say, I'm going to bet my business on this, yeah. on these 10 people. So you always have to be aware. Now, if you have a million people and a certain number of them are, are, are voting for one thing, then you can kind of trust it a little more, but it does give you direction. It says, go this way. Mm-hmm. So what you're talking about, it sounds like very like human and like social, <laughs> like you're engaging with your audience. You are calling them up. And, and the beauty of that is when the numbers are smaller, it's easier to it's connect easier. Yes. at that level, yes. right? Yes. Yes. When you're starting off, you will do a lot of things that don't quote unquote scale. Yeah. I can't call everybody, you know, but, but when you're small, you can, like you can, you can't, you have the time to answer that email. You have the time to talk to somebody on the phone, you know, so, so take advantage of that. And if you go, well, when my blog gets so big, I can't talk to everybody. No, you can't, but you'll deal with that. That's a good problem to have. I absolutely love that. Okay, so you are you are focusing on the trends, you are listening to your audience and you're co-creating with them, you're pivoting in terms of um, initially you had a big pivot in terms of going from uh, uh, teens to yep. moms, yep. Uh, but then you have these small little tiny pivots all along because you're listening to your audience and using that to help you steer the ship. Um, now, at a certain point, you decide, I'm going to really go in and try to grow my following on these social platforms. And you develop this, pl- you guys develop this plugin and yep. it, it, that it helped in that process. Talk to me yep. about that some more because, yes, yeah, so you have these pop-ups. Um, yep. and what all are you doing with the pop-ups? What was your initial pop-up strategy? So our initial pop-up strategy again was for ourselves. And all it did was it, it it asked people to follow us on Pinterest. And on the pop-up, we put our most recent pins so that people could so we gave them social proof mm. that our account is worth following. And 
And then we did the exact same thing with our Instagram pop-up was we populate the pop-up with your most recent post. So again, when somebody clicks on it, they kind of have a sense of what it is Mm. and what your account looks like. So then they're more apt to follow you. And then we created, and we call them pop-up sliders because the whole thing is a pop, is, you know, Milo tree and you install it once on your site and it, we call it smart because you can connect various different accounts. So you can grow Pinterest, but you can also grow Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and your email list from this one pop-up. And what it does is right now somebody comes to your site and it will pop. One of the, let's say you've connected Instagram, Facebook, and your email list. The first time you co- somebody comes to your site, it will show one of those three randomly. Then it will go to sleep for however many like pop-ups they have. Usually there's a frequency cap, so it goes to sleep for a while. So you're not bugging your visitors. Because yeah. let's say I come back to your site. If I come back to your site after the length of time you said, have this pop-up go to sleep for this person, it will show a different one. So the first time it shows your Instagram slider, the second time it'll show maybe your Facebook one, and then I come back again, and then it will say join my email list. We're rolling out in about a week a feature where you can actually then determine which one will show first to all your visitors, which one will show second, which one will show third, kind of like a drip campaign. Yeah. So that if you want to grow Instagram, boom, show Instagram to everybody, and then when they come back, show Facebook. And you, so you could start to grow your followers on different platforms. And the reason why we call it a couple things, we call it smart because my husband and I are like, again, when I talk about point of view or I talk about what your core values are, we recognize that bloggers have to wear many different hats And so if we can, you know, you have to know so much about, and then you've got to know SEO and then you've got to go to social media and then you might even have to know HTML. And so we said, if we can create a very simple product and we make a lot of the decisions on our side, so you don't have to, that is our goal. So our pop-up is so user-friendly. For example, Google came out, uh, I think it was starting in January, they were going to penalized sites that showed big pop-ups on mobile. We said, okay, what we will do is we will create a Google compliant pop-up on mobile. And then I can tell, our MiloTree can tell where your audience is coming from. So if your audience is coming on desktop, we automatically show a larger pop-up. If your audience is coming on mobile, we show a Google compliant pop-up on mobile. So you don't have to do anything. It just does it for you. Gotcha. So you guys um, developed this pop-up and it helped to grow your following. I'm curious about something because I'm looking through your site. What's the role of email with your business? Uh, do you guys do focus on your email list a lot, uh, at all? That's a great question. We monetize Catch My Party predominantly through ads and sponsorships, working with partners. Mm-hmm. So, of course, we have an email list, but we're not selling anything. So when you do the calculation of sending a newsletter to our fo- to our our subscribers to drive traffic to our site it doesn't monet- it doesn't make financial sense does that make sense because each incremental visitor is not worth enough to cover the cost of a very you know if we have this huge subscriber list mm-hmm. um, we're paying more for our email 
system or service provider per month than we would ever make up in traffic. Interesting. But for Milo Tree, we do so much with our list because we're selling a product. Gotcha. So it really, you know, it's funny because there is always this thing of uh, you need to grow your list. You need to grow your list. And I say, why are you growing your list? And I have a couple, I, I actually, if you sign up for Milo Tree, you get put into certain drip campaigns where I share all of our tips and tricks and how we've grown our businesses. And one thing I say is think about how you monetize. If you monetize via traffic, if you monetize working with brands, your email list is not as important to you. Okay. Where it becomes important is when you sell products. So then I was talking to a blogger and she says, well, I'm growing my list because eventually I'm going to sell products. And I say, well, a list gets stale pretty quickly. How many, how many lists have you joined? And then all of a sudden you get an email and you're like, who is this person? <laughs> I don't know them. Like, cause you signed up for it two months that maybe a year ago and now they're getting around to emailing you. So if you are growing your, like you have to be very intentional about what you're growing. So if you're going to work with brands, guess what? You need to grow your Instagram following. You do. Cause that's what they care about. Yeah. And they care about those numbers. And even though they're kind of vanity numbers, it matters. If you are selling products and you are, you're going to go launch your product like in a month, you need to grow your email list. But if you're thinking down the road in two years, I'm going to sell a product and I am growing my email list today for that launch in two years, that list is not that valuable to you. So what's always interesting to me is that there are so many best practices that are preached um, in terms yes. of what you yes. need to do to build your blog and to build your online business. But what's fascinating to me is every time I see someone that's doing things different from what is expected and still having a significant amount of success. And I think there are so many examples of people that didn't go about it the traditional route that were able to build very successful businesses. And that's exactly what I see when I look at what you're doing. Uh, when I think about people's growing blogs, I don't think about people um, starting an image upload site, but that's what right. you guys did. Right. When I think right. about building your audience, I think primarily about growing your email list, but that's not what you guys did. You went no. in a completely different direction for uh, very sorry. legitimate reasons. So it's, it's very interesting. But as you were going to say, I was going to say, think it is so hard because everybody is sharing best practices. And again, these are best practices for us. Um, but what what I am always saying is think about your business, yeah. your special sauce and how you monetize. Then think about if I monetize via ads, I need to get as many eyeballs on my site as possible in the most cost effective way, which means in the least amount of time and in the cheapest way possible. And right now I would say if you do anything with images, it's Pinterest. Gotcha. It is Pinterest. And it's not even Instagram because Instagram is not great at driving traffic, but it's great at brand building. And if you want to work with brands, brands care a lot about Instagram. Gotcha. And so it's like, so it's just being intentional based on your business, not based on what everybody else is doing. 
Got it. Makes perfect sense. Any other major tips that you think, hey, if we're talking about growing a, a massive audience, millions of page views, you really need to be thinking about this. Is there anything we missed? Yes. That people will come to me and they say, oh, my God, your site is so big. How, like, what's your magic bullet? And I say to them, if there were a magic bullet, I would be using it. <laughs> that it is this long slog. So one, you better enjoy the journey. You better enjoy the journey because you it's, it's a lot of work. Two is you have to be nimble. The times where I would say we've made some of our biggest mistakes were when we thought something should work and it didn't work and we doubled down on it thinking this definitely has to work. And then we realized, like no matter what we tried, it just didn't work. So it's about uh, seeing what is working today for you and what's working today might not work tomorrow, but it's about being uh, to listening and it's about being nimble. I absolutely love it. All right, so we are at about 45 minutes, so we're good on the. I mean, this was a lot of great content that I think if you're listening to this, you can take action on a lot of what was said here, especially the, the, my favorite part was the whole concept of looking at what's working, looking at the data, and then making decisions based on that. Following trending topics, yes, but then analyze it and see how it's working for your specific business. Now, I know people are, are listening to this interview and they're thinking, man, she's talking about this Milo tree a lot. It sounds pretty awesome. I want to check it out. Where where do you want us to send people to find out more about what you have going on and also to find out about this pop-up? Okay, so Milo Tree works by converting your visitors into followers and subscribers. So if you're just starting your blog and you don't have traffic yet, Milo Tree's not really going to work. I mean, it will work based on your traffic. So it really helps somebody who has a little bit of traffic and it just is like lighter fluid on top of that traffic. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So it's again, it's taking your users, your visitors and saying, hey, do this extra thing. Um, so Milo Tree is just Milo Tree, M-I-L-O-T-R-E-E.com. And if you sign up, you get your first 30 days free. So it's risk free and you can see how it works for you. I promise you, if you have traffic on your blog, it will work. It will start converting your visitors. Um, you can reach and, and check out Catch My Party. If you're and, a mom, and before, before you move yeah. on to um, Catch yeah. My Party, it, 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 what I'm getting from what you're saying about this product is you're really trying to take advantage of what you have. Yes. It's it's a yes. you know if you if the people are there and then the people just leave, well that doesn't yes. do much for you, but if you can take full advantage of every visitor, I think that's always a good thing. We were just on our mastermind call this week where I were t when I was talking about some of the things that I'm trying to build and one of the things that uh, Mike Stelzner in my mastermind group really emphasized is you got to constantly let people know what value you have to provide. Use your sidebars. Use whatever elements you can to let people know because if they don't know, they won't go. Absolutely. So and it I've, makes perfect couple, sense. I have a couple thoughts on that. Okay, one is that you want to ask your audience something simple. You don't want to overwhelm your audience with like all these things popping up on your site because mm. they get 
paralysis. They get paralysis. It's too many asks. So Milo Tree, the way we thought about it was it's one ask. It's one quick and easy ask. And it's really intentional. So you get to choose what you want to grow. And the other thing is 80% of your traffic, your visitors will leave and never come back to your site. Mm. So you want to capture those people who've already been there. And if they're liking what they see, you want a way that you can say, come into my ecosystem so that I can interact with you, that I can provide you value. So that's, you know, I would say that's my second piece. And the third one is, and this this relates to everything, ask your, tell your audience what you want them to do. Mm. So be very clear. Like if you want them to, like the like you don't want to be subtle. If you want them to click on something, say click here, because people want to live their lives on autopilot. So they want to be told this is what to do. These are the steps to take, and the easier you can make those steps, the better. Awesome. Well, I'm going to be um, checking out this Milo tree. This is my first time hearing about it. I'm a, I am want to test it out because I'm trying to grow my my social following. Uh, I, I'm always trying to grow my social following. So um, it's going to be interesting to experiment with that. So they can check out Milo tree at milotree.com. Catch My Party is at catchmyparty.com. Yes, and I am easy to get in touch with. I am Jillian at MiloTree.com or Jillian at CatchMyParty.com. I respond to every email. I love to hear from people, you know, from bloggers. And if I can help in any way, please send me your questions. Love it. Love it. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on here and just dropping like a ton of value. (laughs) Oh, it's been my pleasure. Awesome. Hey, well, guys, you want to check out Milo Tree, you know where to go. MiloTree.com and and check out her blog at at, at her, her site at catchmyparty.com very interesting has a lot going on there and it's visually appealing in many ways so you can go ahead and check that out hey this was episode 312 and and don't worry if you were driving in your car you wish you took notes and all that stuff you don't gotta worry about that we do all the work from you to make your life easy head on over to becomeablogger.com slash 312 if you missed anything it'll all be there for you also, hey, if you wanna, um, if you've been creating content and you wanna plan out your content and not just let your content happen, I wanna invite you to check out my my blog content calendar spreadsheet. Now you can get access to that spreadsheet 100% free of charge by going to bloggingspreadsheet.com. Bloggingspreadsheet.com. Lastly, if you need help as you're growing your blogging business and you want support, you want someone to hold your hand and guide you through the process. I want to invite you to check out my my coaching club at bloggercoaching.com. I feel like I just broke her rules of telling you one thing to do. <laughs> but this is Leslie Simon here from becomeablogger.com. We're changing the world one blog at a time. Until next time, take care and God bless. Three, five, two, four, one, four.